Welcome to the Como Factor Podcast. We are thrilled to have a longtime friend and colleague with us today. Her name is Kathleen Swartz. Kathleen, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. We are uh, we are so excited. Uh, I have no doubt that this is going to be quite a memorable conversation amongst uh, amongst the three of us. So, Kathleen, to get started, why don't you would you mind just sharing a little bit about um, who Kathleen is? Maybe just a little bit of background about uh, about you. Okay, that's uh, not a problem. I could probably go on for years. <laughs> um, I'm a Midwest gal, and uh, being a Midwest gal, I kind of have certain values and uh, structure that have followed me through my whole life. I have also um, worked at growing through the years. Um, being a Midwest gal, you're you know, you're somewhat myopic in your views of what you can and cannot do. And also, you know, back in the uh, early 70s, uh, women weren't told all of the wonderful careers that they could have. So it's been work in progress. Um, Luckily, I got out of the Midwest and moved to the San Francisco Bay Area, where I worked for a fantastic company that uh, really helped me grow as a person, um, educational skills, so forth, that I was then able to take to the second major corporation I worked for. So I really worked for two major corporations my um, entire career. And then, um, let me see, it was about two years ago, I decided to retire and build a new home out west and just take a sabbatical from everything that I had been working on for 40 some years. So a sabbatical is a good thing. It lets your mind rest a little bit. It also lets your mind Think about other opportunities that you may have not thought about while you were focused on your career. And that's been really great for me because I've got a couple new adventures that I'm starting and um, we'll see where that goes. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's a that's an excellent um, introduction. And I'm, I'm really excited to jump into some of these adventures. Uh, we'll have to get there in just a in just a moment. So we love to ask um, this uh, this next question, and and at Como, you know what they say: leaders are readers, and readers are leaders, and and we love reading. So I have to ask: if your life story were to be published in a book, Kathleen, what would the book title be? What would what would the book cover say? It would say. Learn as you go, how to learn as you go, because Mm. it's not easy to navigate a life's worth of, you know, uh, uh, careers, interests, education, 
when you're 21, 22 years old. You, you know, there's no, no way you could understand what's possibly out there. So I've just found that learning is exponential in, in my development. And I always look for learning opportunities. So how to learn as you go would be the name of my book. <laughs> mm, I'm ready. I'm ready to read it. We could, we could all read it. I think everyone could, uh, could learn from that. And, and I, I agree with you. You know, when I think about you, you mentioned when you're, you know, in your early twenties, you just don't know. And uh, you might you might believe you go to college, you, you you think you've got a certain career path and then things change, you know, and I, I really empathize with some of those uh, the students that are that are exiting and coming exiting school and then going into the workforce today because there's a lot of uncertainties. So I think this uh, learning as you go is a is great advice. Thank you. But also consider back when I was in high school. Um, careers for women were not put forth. Um, some of my classes were how to be a good secretary, how to take shorthand and how to type. That's what women were supposed to do. <laughs> and in my family, no one had gone to college. We actually didn't have a lot of funds to go to college. So it took me a few years to figure out how I could get an education. And I'll go into that um, in a little further in the discussion. So I'm curious with the with the courses that you that you described there when you were in high school, were you thinking that you wanted to be a secretary or were you thinking something already at that time a little bigger and grander? No, I was being told that's what we were to do. Okay. I was not thinking about the the path I ended up taking, which was a great path. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot and many, many people along the way. Um, but, you know, for those people that don't have, um, say, a, a family or a community you know, questioning, you know, what they want to do, what's their, you know, what is their mindset that makes them happy, um, pushing them into thoughts about, you know, some of the STEM areas. Um, there's ways to get there if you're not groomed at an early age. I, I take a look at my, uh, my great uh, niece right now and Man, we throw so many things at her. She's going to have a plethora of things to sort through to decide, you know, what where she goes. But I didn't have that. And there's I'm sure there's many, many people out there today that didn't have that surrounding to give them all those wonderful thoughts. Yeah, I, I love this. Uh, I love I can just hear in your voice, you know, the passion for for women. And as a, as a woman who has had a very successful career, you know, you broke the mold in some ways. And, uh, and I think women like you have really paved the way for the next generation. So, uh, it's really, it's really interesting to, uh, to hear about this. So, you know, Kathleen, I would, 
you know, you, you mentioned early on that uh, you've, you've reached a point where you had retired a couple of years ago and you've taken a sabbatical. So if we think about life goals, you know, we talk about life goals here. Could you share with us some of the life goals that you have as you look forward? I mean, you have an incredible um, career to look back on, but what what is what do your life goals look like in front of you? Well, um, there there are a couple things not only ahead of me, but some of my life goals that I had set for myself um, early on. One was education. Like I mentioned, I came from a family that didn't go to college. Uh, matter of fact, my mother and father never finished high school. My father joined the Marine Corps at 17 and was shipped out at 18. And my mother went to work um, in um, the factory. So neither, you know, so college wasn't something that was talked about. The other life goal, and I think this is very critical, is financial independence. Mm. I honestly believe women do not take enough time to think about how they're going to be financially set five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, um, saving and investing. And making smart moves so you can retire like I did and you can weather any of these storms we're going through right now. So financial independence for women is critical, just critical. Boy, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. You know, Kathleen, I'm wondering, you mentioned education and I know you've you've really prioritized that. In your life, you've got your parents did not complete. Um, you, did you say they didn't complete high school or they didn't complete college? Neither one completed high school. Wow. So you, you know, you came from this environment. Could you share for our listeners a little bit about the educational success that, that you had? Yes, I I will. There's one other life goal that I wanted to mention before we move to that. And it's a life of service. I am Mm. at a point in my life right now where I am seeking out things that I can contribute to and serve various organizations. Um, And um, I can go into that later uh, in our discussion discussion, but that's kind of my focal point right now um, on how I can give back. And I'm sitting here on a plethora of years of experience, education, knowledge, and it needs to be shared. So um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting more into these days. But I'll go back to the other question on my education, because that really fell um, nicely into um, clarity about my own uh, transformation. So I was, you know, raised to work hard, uh, be disciplined and a lot of structure. Um, That comes naturally when your father is a master sergeant in the Marine Corps. (laughs) So, um, 
So I went to work for a company in San Francisco, the Bechtel Corporation. I was 22, 23. I could take shorthand. I could type. I could be a great secretary. And actually, I, I started out in that arena. Well, there were so many wonderful people there that kept nurturing me and nudging me to go back to the uh, to school and get a, a degree. I remember Nessa Lowenthal telling me, you have to go back to school. I said, I have to work. She said, you can do both. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went back to school and my first goal was my Bachelor of Science. Uh, in management. So um, got that. And then um, I started looking at job openings within the company. And uh, the company was very project focused. We did, you know, multi-billion dollar projects all around the world, um, all different kinds of disciplines. So I had um, some more people nudge me to go get my MBA. So I went and got my MBA. Now, the the deal was I had to work a full-time job and I had to go to night school, but the company had tuition reimbursement. That's how I found a way to get to the university and get my degrees and still maintain um, a job. Wasn't easy. Because there were lots of times on weekends where I was sitting in classes or doing research or working on papers and, you know, burning the candle late at night. But that's how you can do it if you're driven. And Mm -hmm. then I took a few years off and I went to um, a quality conference in Boston. And there was a, a a woman giving a speech and talking about why she pursued her doctoral degree. And it was just resonating with me so strong that when I went back, I told my boss, I want to work on my doctorate. You know, was there money? <laughs> and uh-huh. they said, yes. So, you know, night school weekends. Um, and, and my doctoral degree took some time because my dissertation was start and stop, start and stop, start and stop, because I was using a project at Lucent Technologies that started, stop, start and stop. So I had to wait, but, um, you know, I know for a while corporations didn't have strong tuition reimbursement programs, but in today's world where the worker, the workforce is pushing back for higher wages, for tuition reimbursements, for better health care, it's, it's back in the mix. And it is uh, a great way to get an education not run up hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, in debt and still, still, you know, move forward. 
So that's, you know, the the educational piece of my career path. You, I mean, seriously, for, for our listeners, I mean, listen to Kathleen. She's gone and she's got she's got her Ph.D. This is amazing. And you went you, you grew up in this environment where your parents had little education. And it sounds like you had some some mentors and people that that you looked up to. You spoke about Nessa. And w- were they the people really that helped you to get that clarity? Or were there some any other circumstances where you're like, I, I'm going to go all the way? I mean, how many people go all the way? I had great support um, at the Bechtel Corporation. Um, it was it was still very heavily male dominated, mm-hmm. but um, there were a few women. And at first, I didn't know how to embrace girl power. Because I looked at women as competition. But over time, I realized that if women, you know, focused on girl power and how we could leverage each other and not be so competitive or afraid to share or whatever, we would be much further along. And um, it was. You know, it was that kind of aha moment for me to say, I not only need male mentors, but I need female mentors and we need to share ideas, thoughts, you know, whatever. So that was an aha moment early on. I I love the girl power language. You know, you're you're so right. You know, so many women that I've I've experienced working with, I'm kind of generalizing here, but they tended to fall into two different camps if they've been very successful. They're either highly competitive and want to be the queen bee and will not support other women because they view them as competition, or they're like you and these women you're speaking about that try to help grow and nurture, you know, because you know, we all want the same thing. I know. I know. I, I, I don't know why, you know, you would want want to be a mean girl, (laughs) you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but it does happen. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, in your career and in Sunil's career, we ran up against those mean girls that didn't want to play ball. And, um, you had to figure out then how to deal with them or go around them or just dismiss them. I love that. I, I hope that this, uh, this conversation is, is resonating with, uh, with, you know, our female and male listeners on, um, on this episode. So uh, Kathleen, you, we've spoken about education. I think you've, you've really inspired folks. I'm, I'm impressed just what you were able to accomplish and you just kept going. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, your, uh, your second life goal about financial independence for women. Is there anything more you'd like to add or share about that? Well, just, just a, a couple comments. First of all, um, a very dear friend, a gentleman, um, took me under his wing and said, you, you got to learn about investing. 
You know, Mm -hmm. you can save money, but, you know, what you do with that is where the rubber meets the road and spent time teaching me about investing. And, you know, back then I was very safe in mutual funds and some, you know, blue chip stocks and everything. So, um, you know, if, if you don't have somebody that's got that knowledge and can kind of lead you along the way, you know, there are some excellent uh, women's groups on investing and there's some great books. And so I just, you know, you got to go out and get the info and, and feel confident and strong on what do you do with the money you save. And, you know, to every woman that's working, you should be putting money as the max in your 401k and live within your means and save money because, you know, there'll be a day when you're going to need it. And if you don't, you know, temper your lifestyle and save as, as much as you can, then you're going to be in a, a world of hurt. So that's, you know, I can't stress. Learn about financial investing. Save your money. Make make a pot of money and then go live a retired life that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Amen. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, Kathleen, your third life goal, you really, you kind of gave me goosebumps as you were talking about service and and really applying all these skills and talents and experience to really making a difference. Could you share with us a little more about your thoughts on that? Sure. Um, one of the areas that I'm starting to get involved in is uh, my political party has a county um, women's organization, which is a tied which is tied to the national um, uh, organization. And I've started attending luncheons and just making observations on things that um, I think we could do better that would make us stronger. And I struck up a conversation with our president and uh, made a few comments and she was super excited to sit down and hear more and uh, some of the committee chairs uh, who are so overwhelmed in what they're trying to do um, you know I made recommendations on, on streamlining and simplifying and how we could use some other quality tools to see if what we're doing is really getting us where we want to be. So I've started that. And that to me is, is very exciting. Um, I think I had mentioned to Christina, I think I should run for office. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think I have the energy and stamina for that anymore. I've paid so much attention to this current election. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but there's ways to contribute. There's ways to serve. And uh, I picked a couple of local candidates that I really resonated with. I've worked on their campaigns and I've, you know, um, financially provided some support. 
but it's it's you know it's good to be able to help people um and uh you know i i step back and say i hope he wins or i hope she wins and today is election day as well as flag day i have 50 million flags flying out in front of our home here in in nevada but um that's that's one of my key areas that I'm going to continue to focus on. And then the second area is our county. If you want to volunteer in our county, say at the animal shelter or at the senior center or for any other things that are semi county supported, well, you have to go through a background check and a fingerprinting and all this other good stuff. So that's all in in um, in the works. But there is um, an area I really want to um, get involved with, and that's out at the animal shelter. Mm-hmm. And Sunil can resonate with this, but I want to work in the kitty cottage. Aww. <laughs> so so you know those little things need help and uh so that's another area maybe i'll do some of the dog walking and then the third area is our vets i'm i'm a card carrying elk member and one Mm -hmm. of our prime primary focuses is supporting our veterans and um so I do the um, so I help out with the veterans uh, luncheons once a month, or if we, you know, we have this huge VA facility up in Reno. I talked to our Senator um, uh, Amidal and told him, you know, how can I get involved up there? And so I'm waiting to hear back from him, but um, so, you know, the animals, the veterans, And then, you know, trying to make our country a much better place than it is today, not so divided, are kind of my three focuses, you know, in my next transformation. And, and you know, Kathleen, those three items you just shared uh, above and beyond just kind of giving me the warm and fuzzy that you're getting involved. What I see is you taking ownership. You know, you're not just talking about it. And, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Somebody else needs to do X, Y, and Z. You're jumping in and saying, where and how can I help? And you're going towards those things that have meaning for you. And and I think if just imagine how great uh, the world would be if everybody just did that for one topic. Imagine mm-hmm. if people, you know, instead of being spectators and watching everybody that's playing on the field, you know, actually getting on the field and playing a role. So you are, you are so inspirational. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting pretty excited here. You know, to wrap up the, the, the personal transformation segment of this episode, is there, would you like to share maybe one significant personal transformation story beyond everything that we've spoken about? Is there one that really stands out to you? that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, that's that's a problem because I focused so much on my professional career for so many years. And I was thinking about that, you know, this morning um, 
when I was thinking about the postcard thing. Um, one, <laughs> one of the things I do have a, a regret is that when I moved to Chicago, I, my sisters felt like I abandoned them back, mm -hmm. you know, in California. And um, my mother, you know, I, even if I called her three times a week or four times a week and, you know, we went on vacations and I'd come home for big things. It was like, it was never enough. So um, early March, my two sisters and I went out to the coast to spread my mother's um, ashes. And <laughs> I, um, I told him, I said, you know, we need to stay someplace nice and, because this is a celebration of our mother's life. And they're both, a, a, you know, we're a little short on cash and that stuff. So I said, well, it just so happens I have tons of Marriott points. So let's stay at the Ritz Carlton in Ooh. Half Moon Bay. <laughs> oh, I and, love Half Moon Bay. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So we stayed at the Ritz, you know, and um, we we went through the, um, we went down early one morning. Um, we each had little things to say. We had things from family members. Um, it was it was an emotional day, but a transformation happened for me personally on that trip and my two sisters were still at some odds about my mother's death and, you know, the medical care and things like that. Of course I wasn't there. I should have been there. Wasn't there. Missed, missed that. But my personal transformation to both of them was to be a much better sister. And I try and live that every single day. And I uh, told my sisters at least three times, maybe four times a year, we need to go away and just celebrate us. And we just came back from um, a, a little short stint in uh, wine country. And I had to remind both of them that some of the topics they were starting to tread were not to be talked about because it creates so much angst between them. I says, I thought we put it to bed on the beach. I remind yeah. them of that over and over again. So I my transformation after being gone there, they felt I abandoned them you know, when I moved to Chicago, that I'm here now, I'm going to keep organizing things to keep us building um, our relationships stronger and stronger. And that is, you know, my personal transformation that is very, very, you know, real time, very, you know, very close right now. So that's, that's the one that stands out for me. You've been listening to the Como Factor Podcast, a show featuring personal and professional transformation stories. 
Hosted by transformation practitioners and co-founders of the Como Group, Christine Strobush and Sonal Trevetti. If you like our show, please give us a rating and a review, and be sure to share our podcast with your friends, colleagues, or family. If you'd like to follow along online, join our community on LinkedIn and bookmark our website, thecomofactor.com, to receive show updates and inspirational content daily. Literally, we could spend days with you, Kathleen, and uh, and have not repeated a subject twice. But you're such an incredible woman, and uh, and I am so grateful that you know we've we've had a chance to be friends and colleagues for what, over two decades. My goodness, time uh, time flies. But I remember early on um, when I started my career at uh, at Lucent Technologies. You were one of the the handful of women, you know, quite frankly, uh, in the organization where where we both worked at, and uh, and it was just incredible how you took me under your wings, and uh, and I looked up to you so much, you know, um, when I first started, and still do. Um, and there's so many different facets to your professional transformation journey that I think our listeners would truly benefit. Uh, hearing some of those. And by the way, listeners, if you can't tell already, Kathleen is an incredible storyteller as well. And, and she'll have you, you know, enchanted with, uh, with her stories and charm. Um, so Kathleen, let's talk about, uh, the professional transformation. Um, can you think back to, to one particular transformation that you've undergone through that's really kind of stood out to you and, and, uh, and impacted, uh, your life. You've already mentioned to our listeners that a lot of your focus, you know, over the years has been professionally that said, I feel like you've always been there, you know, as a friend, um, as well. So I think you're a little bit hard on yourself, but professionally (laughs) talk to us about, about that transformation that really stands out. One of my first transfer transformations professionally was moving out of the secretarial role role onto a project. And at that time, I don't know how I got this job, but it was a miracle. And I was designated the project quality engineer on a nuclear power plant. (laughs) I guess it, it was, you know, learn as you go. That's my previous book title. (laughs) So I dove in um, and uh, got hooked up with the quality organization and then got to go to some phenomenal seminars that were facilitated by Dr. Deming. And he was just an incredible man that, um, and, and Crosby, I also got to go to some of Crosby, Crosby's seminars, you know, on uh, quality control. And then, um, Peterson, th- there was just so many quality, you know, gurus at the time I was getting into the quality arena that I, you know, I got to go to all these places and learn all these things about 
process control, statistical process control, and leadership, and, you know, quality control. It was just an amazing time of my life. I was running fast to learn as much as I could. I had a really great boss mentor at that time, Don Krishna. Don just kept putting me out there, putting me out there. And uh, also had me join the Professional uh, Association, American Society for Quality, and kept pushing me to, to, to take on more, learn more, you know, do more. And so my first transformation professionally from secretarial to um, was then to quality. And I... Boy, I have so many books still and and things around the house, you know, that I occasionally pull out and take a look at. Then from quality, I went to work on a special project. This is the next transformation to work on a special project for Riley Bechtel himself. And that was Total quality management. I think everybody, that's the beginning of when the term transformation really started to to percolate. So I was on a small team to help Riley transform the Bechtel Corporation from a engineering construction company with all the liabilities that went with that to an engineering and construction management company, minimizing liability to the corporation. Well, that that was quite a bumpy road because I was working uh, with predominantly um, a lot of male counterparts um, who didn't think change was required. And anything I said was not gonna be accepted. But um, I had another female mentor at that time, Rosemary Evanoff. And, you know, together we partnered to kind of bulldoze our way through um, all the obstacles and got, you know, got to a place where we had trained, you know, something like 125 coaches to go out into the various divisions and organizations to be the change agents and the champions to start to move the company in a different direction. So that was, I mean, that was a major transformation for me, but I built on the, you know, from what I learned and the quality experience into TQM. So um, I was doing some project work quite a bit of project work um, at uh, Bechtel on nuclear power plants, refinery chemical plants, uh, mining, um, actual mines. And, uh, you know, I, I was really getting interested in how the project worked. So that leads me into my third professional transformation where I moved into project management. And I did that um, once I moved over to 
translucent technologies. And that's where I, again, pursued the educational aspect and went and became certified by the Project Management Institute. And uh, and uh, still, I, I keep that credential um, because it was so hard to get. <laughs> but but um, that, you know, has taken me through my years of project work at uh, Lucent, which was Lucent Technologies, Alcatel-Lucent, and then uh, culminating with Nokia. And that's where Sunil and I met, and um, I involved her in some projects activities dealing with a difficult customer <laughs> along along with another female project uh uh manager she was out of the air force um she kept telling me lucent doesn't do project management right this isn't the way we did it in the air force and i says we're learning hang in there <laughs> <laughs> so um so I, I, you know, pretty much finished up as a project uh, director um, for a couple of our major, major vendors, which everybody knows. And uh, and it was a nice run. And then I decided, you know, it's time to go do something else. And that's when I decided to uh, take my bow and gracefully exit the stage and go do something else. <laughs> so those are my three major uh, transformations from a professional perspective. Incredible. I mean, gosh, going from the world of, you know, being a secretary to, uh, to literally building, you know, a career around project management. Kathleen's being very humble you know, in terms of uh, closing it off with uh, with a few key uh, customers there. Um, she's she's truly chosen to build her own pathway to her goals always. And that's one of the things that I've always admired about you is how determined you are. And, you know, that famous quote by Margaret Thatcher, where she says, plan your work for today and every day and then work your plan. I think you truly, you know, kind of um, live that in everything that you do. So it's really, really amazing. But how did you, you know, as you're going through these various transformations, how did you find clarity um, along the way? And certainly, you know, talked about some of the things that inspired you, like the Deming conferences and, and some of the other educational paths that that helped you to, to, to see that. But oftentimes, and especially, you know, with the challenges of being a female leader, you know, at, at, at that stage in, in your career, as well as the career paths that you were choosing, how did you end up finding clarity uh, along the way to be able to take this path? Let me just say that it's not always clear. Um, it was very murky many, many times on which direction to go. Uh, again, if I didn't, if I, you know, wouldn't have had those key strategic people come along you know, in, into my life, helping me sort it out. Um, and, you know, making suggestions on next steps. Um, I, I, I 
don't think I would have made it. You know, it's I was I was also thinking this morning about a tool I used to use when I was team building or working, you know, leadership issues. And it's called the plus delta chart. And I would wrap up every meeting with it. It was kind of a a way to, uh, you know, kind of culminate the meeting and everything that had happened into two areas. What worked well, the plus side, and everybody, you know, could contribute what worked well for them, what they thought was, you know, uh, an added benefit, so forth and so on. And then the other side was the little, Delta sign Mm -hmm. and what didn't work so well. I, I, you know, I never thought about really sitting down and, and doing that on my life plan. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, you know, um, I I kind of plowed through, um, listened to people reacted. Um, you know, I'm not saying that every step I took was perfect. you know, there were things that didn't go so well. And, but I had to learn from what didn't go so well so I could move forward. So, you know, it had I taken the time to do a plus delta on myself, uh, I might have avoided some um, things, but, you know, I, I, I don't regret anything that I did. I think it was a good run. I think I helped corporations in achieving their goals. I helped my team achieve their goals and individuals that, you know, I supported. I hope they look back and think that I contributed something to their next steps. I think most people would definitely say that uh, that you have contributed a lot <laughs> in, uh, in doing so, Kathleen. Going back to your own kind of uh, transformation journey professionally, along the way, were there other tools or things that you did from your lessons learned where you really started to take ownership? Because again, I mean, we've talked a little bit already about your planning and then working your plan. Uh, aside from that, I think one of the, the key differentiators to your success has been that, you know, you always take charge of uh, of kind of the your destiny or the outcome that you're looking for. How did you how did you ensure that, you know, you took that ownership along the way in your transformation journey? Well, well you know, you had uh, raised a question about what, you know, a one of a kind or unique thing about yourself. And I was thinking long and hard about that because, okay, coming from, you know, my early beginnings, uh, you know, it was Midwest, blue collar, whatever. But even as a child and, you know, God rest my father, (laughs) he, he would have to also agree on one thing that Kathleen found her voice at a very young age. And even though my voice got me into trouble sometimes, I feel that my voice got me 
a lot further than most. I always, you know, um, question things, challenge things. Um, I was grounded for six months because I challenged my father once way too many times. But I feel that, you know, when when you you got that sense, that gut level feeling that, you know, something isn't right or something needs to be done. You have to use your voice. Now, maybe sometimes it wasn't as eloquent <laughs> as it <laughs> should have been but um but by god it got me to places that i never thought i would get to so to me that that is you know the the thing that sticks out about me and i do re- recall one uh, vice president at bechtel i i made an appointment to to talk to him because Things were winding down. Things were going in different directions and things weren't happening the way they needed to happen. And so I made an appointment to go in and tell him what was wrong. <laughs> and 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 he, he looked at me and he just said, you know, what a travesty of misuse for you, uh, Kathleen. And so, um, again, my voice. I use it. And um, like I said, sometimes it was eloquent. Maybe sometimes it wasn't so eloquent. But um, I think I think women in general need to know that they've got a voice and they need to use it. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that is uh, that, that that's great advice. And those are great values to, to live by as well. This has been so much fun. And um, the next question that I'm about to ask you is one that we love asking, you know, our guests. And that is, you know, thinking back to a younger version of Kathleen, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, if you could write yourself a postcard, what would that postcard say and why? Okay. Well, that postcard would say, Dear Kathleen, Your move to Chicago will have a few bumps in the road. However, the potentials are enormous. Keep your mind clear and focused. Use your voice and own your accomplishments as well as setbacks. Keep moving forward. Transformation is a life journey. 